This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, the province's Minister of Agriculture is on a trip to Mexico to promote farm trade and farm issues at a joint meeting with U.S. and Mexican officials. We hear from the province's Deputy Minister of Agriculture. We talk with the Crops Extension Specialist in Yorkton, where harvest is nearly wrapped up. Real Agriculture talks about weed control. Canada's food professor dismisses accusations of price gouging at food stores. And a Women in Agriculture conference will be held in Saskatoon early next month. The farm weather is in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. Agriculture Minister David Merritt is promoting Saskatchewan farm trade at the Tri-National Agricultural Accord tomorrow and Wednesday in Saltillo, Mexico. The Saskatchewan delegation also includes Deputy Agriculture Minister Rick Burton. Burton says Mexico is an important market for Saskatchewan farmers. Largest trading partner overall. Uh, last year we had uh, just just under a billion dollars worth of uh, sales to them, the majority of which is agriculture sales. So uh, we had uh, about $960 million worth of agriculture sales last year, uh, primarily canola, wheat, and, and oats, and a few other products. The Saskatchewan delegation will also meet with several companies at the Provincial Trade Office in Mexico City. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to go to Mexico and, and really uh, uh, continue to build uh, relationships. Minister Merritt was there in uh, 2019, uh, and so this is an opportunity to go back uh, work on those relationships with the office, uh, the new office there will uh, certainly be helping us, uh, help for us to be meeting with uh, some key players that are buying our products. Uh, we'll be uh, dealing uh, and meeting with some companies who are uh, maybe interested in, in increasing volumes of sales or potential investment uh, opportunities in Saskatchewan and learning more about that as well. Burton outlines discussions at the Tri-National Accord tomorrow and Wednesday. It's an opportunity for provincial and state-level officials for Canadian provinces, uh, U.S. states, and Mexican states to, to get together to talk about agriculture issues. It's a great opportunity to talk about some of the trade irritants, but also some of the opportunities for us to really just, just work together and improve trading relationships across, across North America. Many Canadian provinces and U.S. states are also attending the conference in Mexico. Certainly, uh, in, uh, in, in, from Canada, there will be a delegation from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, as well as there will be officials from the Canadian government there as well. And then uh, a number of states, I don't have the number with me, but it's usually uh, in the 10 to 15 American states, Midwest states, some of the people who, who play in the same space as us in terms of commodity production piece, as well as a number of Mexican states. I suspect uh, with it being in Mexico, uh, there should be some pretty good attendance from, from Mexican states as well. Burton says Saskatchewan will host the Tri-National Agricultural Accord next year. 
We haven't officially named where it'll be held, but we'll be hosting it next year and we'll be uh, announcing the the location and the timing of the meeting uh, down the road. This year's meeting will also see discussions centering around minerals, oil and gas. Several meetings will also be held in Guadalajara to promote Saskatchewan as a top supplier of high quality cattle genetics. Mexico was Saskatchewan's fifth largest export market last year with $993 million in sales, most of which were agri-food produce at $959 million. Canola seed and canola oil topped the list followed by wheat. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca and your Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Farmers are close to wrapping up harvest in the Yorkton area of East Central Saskatchewan. Yorkton Crops Extension Specialist Samantha Marcino estimates combining is well past 90%. At this point in time, I'd say over 95% done for sure. Um, there's been a lot of ground coverage here in the last couple of weeks, some good weather, and guys have got a lot of acres done. Tell me about yield and quality of the crop this year. Yield would probably be average, uh, maybe slightly above average in some areas, depending on the rainfall that they received. Quality, for the most part, is really good. I mean, we did get a lot of rain late season, so it really helps out with the quality parameters. Have you got any numbers on the yields? I wouldn't. No, they're kind of all over the map. You know, some areas really got a bit more rain uh, would be a bit better, but it's hard getting an honest answer for crop yields. I understand you're doing some recent scouting in Canola. What were you looking for? Yeah, this time of year is a really good time to go out and look for uh, verticillium stripe. So we've been out doing a survey on that and just seeing, um, you know, how widespread into the province it is. It's coming kind of from the east. So we're just trying to gauge where it's at and, you know, how severe the infections have been. So will farmers need to look at their crop <laughs> rotations? Yeah, so where does the lamb stripe? But um, it's a soil-borne disease. So kind of follow the same practices for disease management as a club root plan. Different varieties have different levels of susceptibility as well. So it's something to look into before you buy your canola seed this fall. If you do think you have a verticillium stripe or you have concerns with it, um, that information should be available from either your retail or your seed rep. They should have some information for you on that. But if a farmer is looking in his field, what roughly should he look for? So this time of the year when you're looking for verticillium stripe, uh, you look at the bottom of your canola stubble and it should be shredded. And underneath, um, if you peel back the outside of the stem, there'll be like hundreds or thousands of little tiny black dots. So that's a sign of verticillium stripe. Um, Lots of times, like, that'll kind of break off when you're trying to pull it up. But all those little black dots are called microsclerotia, and those are what can live in the soil for years and affect your future canola crops. How bad does it hurt yields? I mean, as it continues to increase in severity, it'll uh, increase yield, or sorry, decrease yields more. I don't think it's a humongous problem right now. We're just starting to find it, but it's just something to keep in mind that, you know, maybe have a look for it and make a plan before it gets so bad that it's hurting your yields. When do you expect harvest to wrap up? Oh, I would think, I mean, the weather looks really good this upcoming week, and I heard lots of guys wrapping up on the weekend. So I'd say one more good week and everyone should be wrapped up. So there's some post-harvest field work underway? Yeah, I mean, we're kind of past the point of spraying or anything like that. We've gotten some pretty uh, good frost around here, but with some disking, we're trying to get those little spots into shape for possibly next year. Weather looks good, so there should be a lot of fall work getting done here this week. Samantha Marcino is the Crops Extension Specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture based in York. 
Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at RealAgriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Hey, Kara Ustros here with RealAgriculture.com. I'm back here today with another Canola School episode. And I have here with me Leighton Blaschko, who is with BASF. How's it going today? It's going really well. So we're here today to talk about fall weed control. We're kind of under the edge of a field here. However, of course, as you know, you're going to be walking your fields, checking the whole thing. But it's October, but that does not mean it is not time to look for your weeds. Do you want to elaborate on that, Leighton? Yeah, I think uh, we're still getting calls from producers. You know, a lot of guys have uh, are wrapping up harvest or have wrapped up in the last couple of weeks, and they're surveying their fields. Maybe when they're doing some fall uh, residue management, if they're doing some heavy harrowing, for example, they're seeing some patches of weeds. Or if they're just surveying their fields, uh, you know, from uh, scouting them from uh, the more from a, from a vehicle, they're looking at the edges of the fields. They're seeing what is out there, or they remember what they had from the swather or from the combine or from the grain cart and they're making notes or may, sometimes they're mental notes and sometimes they're actual record keeping where they have records of this field has this particular weed that field has those particular weeds so we're still getting questions right now and I think there's still some time to make some uh, management decisions about some of these weeds. Okay so what are some of the management decisions you're going to be looking at? Well basically at this time of the year you know in, in large, large parts of Western Canada we still have not had a killing frost and Without a killing frost, there's still a window of opportunity to apply some post-harvest herbicides. So it's a good time at this time of the year to look at some, for example, some perennial weeds. So, you know, a plant like this, we've got a Canada thistle plant here. There's also some grasses. You can, uh, if you want to think like a plant and think about at this time of the year, plants maybe don't have as lush and big leaves as they did in the middle of the summer uh, when they were putting on vegetative uh, structures. They are thinking, well, the sun is at a certain place in the sky, the days are getting shorter, the nights are getting colder, maybe soon we're gonna have a frost. Plants are, I often want people to think like a plant and determine what would that plant be doing. So when they're thinking like that, they would assess that these plants are wanting to put their resources to their roots, especially when we talk about the perennials, like this Canada thistle, it wants to survive for many more years. It's not an annual species. Annual species, you know, they're tougher to control this time of year, but perennials, we can still do something about them. So if they're sending their carbohydrates to the roots, if they can take along with it a translocate a herbicide down to the roots, you're probably going to have very effective uh, weed control. Now, when considering herbicide resistance as well, how does, how does fall weed control play into that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think uh, herbicide rotation and herbicide resistance or re weed resistance should become part of the question anytime you're making a decision about weed control and fall would be no different. It actually opens up some avenues for you. There's certain choices of herbicide that if you're going in crop, 
they wouldn't be selective, so they wouldn't be able to be used. Now, when you have uh, just a stubble and you're not having to worry about the selectivity or the safety on the crop, you've got a wider window or a wider uh, breadth of uh, scope of, of products that you can choose. So, you know, your shopping cart can have many more options in it, if you will. And, and how does controlling some of these weeds in the fall help you going forward in the spring? Well, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, um, I find that fall weed control sets you up in that you've got good control. If the weeds are still there and they're still translocating the herbicide, they're going to have a better control because they're putting the energy to the roots than if they start in the spring when they're trying to grow outward and upward. Um, your control is just going to be better, but also it's a time saving. If you can uh, manage some time, maybe it's easier to do spot spraying now because you can see where they were rather than when they're really tiny it's really difficult to see so time savings and then overall control I think can be uh, you know some of the benefits of fall time uh, for the strategy of using fall weed control. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM the official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Mainly sunny sky today, and it's a beautiful sunny day. I can't see a cloud in the sky. Its winds are supposed to be coming from the southeast at 30 and a high of 10 degrees today, low minus 1. Tomorrow sunny, wind southeast 20 and a high of 15, the low 0. Wednesday sunny, a high of 15, the low minus 1. Thursday partly cloudy, the high 17, the low plus 2. Friday sunny, the high 12, the low plus 2. Saturday partly cloudy, the high 15. 40% chance of evening showers on Saturday with a low of plus 2. Sunday cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 7 degrees. The normal high for this date is 10 degrees. The normal low is minus 4. The sun rose at 724 this morning. It sets at 604 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Maple Creek at 20 degrees. Beautiful day in Maple Creek. The cold spot up North Collins Bay, it's still zero. Estevan is five, Saskatoon seven, Swift Current 16, Weyburn six, Yorkton is two. Regina, sunny and seven degrees. That's 45 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 29, gusting to 41. Humidity is 33%. The barometric pressure dropping 102.7. Sunny and Moose Jaw, 10 degrees. Winds are from the east, southeast at 22. Once again, Regina, sunny and seven. That's 45 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Tim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. One major Canadian food retailer has announced a freeze on some basic food products. 
While overall inflation in the country started to decline last month, food prices remained high just under 11%. In some parts of Europe and the UK, companies announced they would be freezing the cost of certain items heading into the fall and winter. That led to complaints mostly from the federal NDP, but others that grocery companies in Canada were gouging consumers in order to pad their profits. The NDP was successful in getting the Commons Agriculture Committee to study the issue at upcoming meetings this fall. People like Galen Weston of Loblaws and Michael Medline of Empire will be called upon to give testimony. Medline says he's ready to prove his case, that grocery companies aren't gouging consumers, and that their profits over the past couple years have more to do with changing to adapt to the needs of consumers. But this week, Loblaw announced it's going to voluntarily freeze prices for some main staples, no-name products, at its stores this fall. Canada's number one grocer is freezing prices for over 1,500 privately labeled products sold across the nation until the end of January. Canada's food professor believes Loblaw is feeling the pressure which resulted in an announcement this week. But Sylvain Charlebois believes the entire issue is being overblown. There's basically no evidence of reflation at all. In fact, margins have actually remained steady in the last five years, between 2 and 4%, which is the standard in the industry. Now, admittedly, Loblaws is doing slightly better this year. It's, a, it's north of 4%. But still, I mean, Loblaws employs almost 200,000 people. And last year's uh, net uh, income at Loblaws was about $1.7, $1.8 billion. If you compare that with banks, for example, it's just peanuts. Peanuts. Uh, net income will represent probably 30, 35% of, of revenues, whereas in, in the grocery industry is like three, four. So it's, 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 it's a high volume, low margin business. It's always been that way. Uh, grocers in Canada are, in my view, well managed. Uh, but to act, put, but to accuse them of profiteering is, uh, is unjustified, but we do we do recognize that there are some challenges up the food chain. I think there are things that uh, I believe Ottawa should look into, like in transportation, for example, processing, even at Farmgate with dairy, and both you and I, we spoke about dairy in the past, and, and there are numbers coming out of the Cane Dairy Commission that just don't make sense. That's Canada's food professor, Dr. Sylvain Charlebois, speaking with reporter Dean Thorpe in Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A farm conference for farm women is being held in Saskatoon November 2nd to 4th. The partnership lead with Women in Ag, Vicki Lawrence, says the three-day conference includes multiple speakers and a trade show. So the title of the conference is Connect, uh, the Heart of the Farm. So we have held this conference, um, Women in Ag have been putting on this conference since 2018. And kind of the purpose of it is just connect women within the agriculture industry for three days of networking and we bring in some really great keynote speakers have a trade show available there with some breakout sessions as well as some entertainment just to bring everybody kind of together to allow for like i said some networking and to learn from some of our speakers and take a little bit away from it 
for everybody. How much a larger role are women taking in agriculture these days? So quite a bit larger role. Like if you look back, um, so I personally graduated from the U of S within the agriculture school. And uh, when I was, that was 10 years ago now. And I'd say about 50% of us are women. But if you look back on the walls of previous years, very rarely did you see any women up on on those walls of graduating in, in the agriculture and now like if you think of it when it comes to on farm women are key roles when it comes to decision making when it comes to anything when it comes to the farm basis of you know moving forward of not just in the background of cooking the meals and that sort of thing anymore uh, women are coming forward as being the key shareholders and the key decision makers when it comes to what's happening within the farm and changes and decisions and that sort of thing. Outline some of the speakers and the topics at the conference in Saskatoon, November 2nd to 4th. So some of our speakers, we've got really great speakers lined up. We've got quite a few keynotes coming in. Uh, Caleb Delgren, uh, one of the Humboldt Bronco survivors, is one of our keynotes. We've got Stephanie Staples, Michelle Miller, known as Farm Babe. We even have our Sandra Masters, our Mayor Regina coming in. Um, and then we've got a couple breakout sessions in Thursday afternoon, too, um, where we're going to talk about topics where it comes to balancing home life, home work life kind of minimalizing things as well as, you know, just trying to um, revitalize your life and building a little bit better of a trust within the agriculture industry. Because there is definitely a big divide, we feel, from the farmers and the agriculture industry to the consumers. And we really want to narrow that gap and, and make sure the consumers are aware of what farmers and the agriculture industry does. And so just giving people and the women of this conference some tips on how to tell the story and how to push that narrative forward. How does someone get more information and tickets? So actually, as of today, we are officially sold out. So unfortunately for the 2022 conference, we are sold out, but we have already booked dates and one of our really exciting keynote for 2023. So we won't be announcing that keynote until the end of the 2022 conference, but uh, you can check out all the information about this year's conference. And then once this conference completed about next year's conference on our website at womenandegg.ca. And also we are on social media when it comes to Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. So always watch for our social media posts. Once the conference is a go, we will be announcing uh, the 2023 keynote. We're pretty excited for already uh, what we have coming that year. Vicki Lawrence is the partnership lead with Women in Ag, a three-day conference for women in agriculture November 2nd to 4th in Sass. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building materials supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Grain prices were reflecting upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose 50 cents at 852.02. Number one red spring wheat increased 91 cents at 424.79. The rest were unchanged. Durham 473.14. Feed barley 352.87. Chickpeas 925.95. Flax 752.98. 
Lentils, seven fifty eight fifty. Oats, two fifty five thirty two. Yellow peas, four fifty nine eighty nine. And feed wheat, two eighty nine fifty six. At Minneapolis this morning, December spring wheat went up seven and a half cents at nine sixty one and three quarters cents. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock eight four two forty five seventy four. Now, the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swift Kirk. We had 5,500 cattle last week. With cows sold steady, the good quality calves sold steady. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows were $1.10. D3 cows, 75 to 95 Mature bulls under 1,900 pounds were $92.10. Over 1,900 pounds, $1.25. Sales up to $1.50. Feeders, steer, steer calves, three to four hundred pounds, two eighty-five to two forty-six, four to five hundred pounds, two seventy-five to three seventeen, five to six hundred pounds, two sixty-five to two seventy-seven, six seven hundred pounds steers, two fifty to two fifty-seven, seven eight hundred pound steers were two twenty-five to two fifty-four. Calves, three to four hundred pounds for two twenty-five to two fifty. Four to five hundred pounds, two thirty-five to two forty-seven fifty. Five six hundred pounds, two twenty-five to two thirty-five. Six seven hundred pounds, two ten to two twenty. Seven to eight hundred pounds, or one eighty-five, two o five. Just a reminder: this week here, calf sale on Thursday the twentieth is twenty-four hundred. Saturday the twentieth, twenty-second is Angus sale. 3500 Good day and good marketing. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. Today's quote is $232.07 per CKG. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. Saskatchewan Trade and Export Development says the economy continues to thrive, with StatsCan saying wholesale trade jumped almost 74% in August compared to the same month a year ago. Manufacturing sales were up 29%. Trade and Export Development Minister Jeremy Harrison says Saskatchewan is poised to further increase exports around the world. In August, Saskatchewan's wholesale trade was over $4 billion and the value of manufacturing sales was over $2 billion. The National Farmers Union is calling for the firing of the president of the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. The NFU says Radio Canada has shown a summary of an important regulatory proposal via a document that was produced on a computer owned by CropLife Canada. The NFU says the improper collaboration between the Federal Food Inspection Agency and CropLife has shaken public confidence in the Food Inspection Agency's ability to protect the public interest. The NFU, along with over a dozen groups like Greenpeace and the Council of Canadians, are calling on the Federal Minister of Agriculture to replace the head of the Food Inspection Agency. On the markets today, the TSX is up 352 points to 18,679. The Dow has gained 589 points to 30,224. Oil is up 70 cents at 86.31 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. 
Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKRM.